Hey there, this is Emily. And this is Rosa. Welcome to the Unchecked Podcast. We are two women from two different countries who will talk about living life in their late 20s. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Uncheck. Today we're going to talk about how to engage in civil conversation. With today's political and social climate, how do we engage in productive conversation with our peers, family and friends, both on social media, via calls, or even if we're brave enough in person? We'll give you some helpful strategies that you should consider when approaching a conflicting idea or opinion. How can we keep our emotions at bay? What do we do if we lose control of our emotions? And then at the end, we'll give you some examples of conversations that were productive and those that were not. So we'll start off actually talking about what it does it mean to have a civil conversation. So when we talk about civic conversations, it's basically approaching a dialogue to build better understanding, often between two different viewpoints, right? It focuses more on really the process rather than results. Oftentimes, these conversations can be messy, confusing, and can lead to emotional feelings, right? In particular, if you originally held the person you're speaking to to a higher standard or a level of familiarity of comfort with them. So you might have read a few books or resources about uh, how to navigate challenging conversations, but in truth, we want to say that there's really no one perfect answer or way to approach this. Ultimately, it really depends on your level of comfort, your relationship, as well as other social and environmental factors that play into what we say when we say it and the moment we say it as well. So Rose and I are just going to go through a few tips. Um, I'm going to start first, um, some things I just pulled together. Number one, in terms of approaching conversation, do not do not attack the person's character. I think oftentimes we have the tendency to make assumptions based on our first impressions of a person or what they say. Oftentimes they could be overgeneralized um, and then the foundational assumption becomes everything we assume or think about a person. Just think about it. When we see someone, we make an impression of that person in that first four seconds of meeting them. So some of the assumptions we can think about maybe their way of speaking, right? How they present themselves and their information, um, their background or experiences. So their level of education, whether you know they've graduated from high school, college, advanced careers. Um, as well as other nuances that we might pick up in our conversation that we may not agree with. For instance, values alignment, right? What, is your, what are your stances on immigration, abortion, who they support, you know, oftentimes in a political space, etc. So I think one example that I wanted to bring in, and this isn't necessarily specific to me, but just specific to a lot of conversations we're having now as a country, right? For example, you might be in a conversation about immigration in America, and let's say an American citizen you know, who their parents and their grandparents have been born in the U.S. for generations walks into that conversation with you. So one assumption we can have is that she's not qualified uh, or he's not qualified to talk about immigration at all, right? They've been born here. The generations have been born here. That person should not even be in this conversation. The reality might be that their close friends or best friends have confided their experiences with immigration in America, right? And its challenges. And her parents are immigration lawyers. So the idea is that while this person might not directly have experienced this, her knowledge is still valuable because 
we want to hear her experiences and her understanding the topic and then how we seek or agree to challenging them. So all to say, I feel like oftentimes when we say this person doesn't have the background from this one base assumption of them, we often should really think about, okay, what are the other stories that they're telling or they may not be telling that we want to dive into it further before we figure out whether or not this person is a person we really want to talk about it more, right? I feel like sometimes maybe if you realize that person, okay, they're they're just making assumptions, their experiences don't validate it, it doesn't make sense to engage in a conversation, I think that's the time. But I think we should give everyone a little bit of grace when we engage in a conversation. What do you think about that, Rosa? That first tip. Yes, definitely I agree. Because sometimes I have dismissed people just because of the way that they look or the way that they carry themselves. And it actually hurts the conversation because we should all have the opportunity to speak our mind. And you really don't know anyone's life. So making assumptions is never healthy. So continuing with the tips, ideal situation is to approach a conversation with logic, which is really hard, but we should try our best to do so. When you are in disagreement with someone, it's not necessarily their personality or their character for example you might want to ask a challenging question why what makes you say that what experiences of information validate this to understand where they're coming from and how they get their conclusion it is for them to critically reflect on why they said what they said for example undocumented immigrants should be sent back to their home countries they have taken away american jobs what information has been shown in this this is the case what personal example or experiences are you sharing that makes you think this way those are things that you can ask them to try to get them to think why do i think this way you're not going to have all the answers or a hundred page of research up front what you can say is what you know based on your personal knowledge and then let them challenge yours for example government policies and corporate influence had influenced the mark job market for americans including what it really means to have basic income i think ultimately you just gotta be the bigger person right so if the conversation ends up, as I mentioned before, being an attack on character, consider at that moment, if you would like to just end it, you know, pick your battles, lose it if you have to, or really approach it in a different way. So another tip that uh, we have together is listen and learn, right? Let people present their point of view without interruption. This is, I think, very, very often the case, typical for Americans, but y'all, we love to interrupt, yes. especially mid-sentence. Yes, there we go, Rosa. Here we go. Here we go without allowing the other person to finish, right? Don't be that person. Let them say what they have to say. Give them time and space to do it before you present your opinion, right? Especially when we talk about talking in a virtual setting or even in an in-person setting, it only takes four seconds for someone to see silence as an awkward. So you should actually take that to your advantage. If you feel like you want that person to expand upon their topic, just be quiet for four seconds and see where that takes you. It's actually a really helpful dialogue strategy to have people think about their opinions or keep expanding on them about a certain topic. Yes, definitely. And just to add on this, I think that a lot of us listen to respond, but not actually listen. So we're just waiting for the person to finish talking because we're so excited about what we're going to say next to counteract them. And that's not helpful. That doesn't really 
keep the conversation going that's just you parroting your ideas you're not really taking in what they're saying so listening is very vital to keep a conversation going because maybe by listening you actually change your view so it's very important to actually listen to what the person says don't think about your response while you're listening just listen i agree and oftentimes we also think about how we responded when they're talking right they're like sometimes you're like oh i should have said xyz and then that stops you from having a conversation with the other person because you're in your own thoughts. So a third point that we put together was summarize and represent information. Um, This is actually a tip that I thought of, especially because I work with a lot of teachers and um, I would say I'm pretty good at facilitation now with my new work. Um, It's really helpful to, as you listen to conversation and you don't understand the point or the question from the other person, try to summarize it differently, right? So you can use words such as, so what I'm hearing you say is... Or correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing is just to affirm what they said, right? So when you say it or reframe it in that way, it's not like you're saying you don't understand them, but you're trying to recap their points um, and you could actually let them hear what they said in your words, right? Um, It's helpful to also follow up with a clarifying question or concern just to make sure that you have all the points in your in your ducks in a row. The next one is ask questions to understand rather than judge. So it's very similar to our last point. Um, but I think, Rosa, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we have the tendency to ask questions sometimes in a condescending way, especially if we think we have the right answer to that. Yes, I think a lot of the time, trying to pick out your argument in a mean, condescending way. So try to frame your questions in a more neutral way so they don't sound like you're already judging them with the question. So people are more open to answer quite those type of questions instead of when you already have a question that is kind of like, well, I don't think this way, but why do you think that is? Or something like that. Which brings me to one of the biggest points, having patience. <sighs> it takes so much fucking patience to have a civic conversation but it is very important like michelle obama said when they go low you go high it is very important to prepare yourself mentally before you engage in one of these conversations make sure that you're in the right headspace and also know when to end it especially for my buck out there you don't have to answer all the questions especially me who for example i engage in a lot of conversation with people because of the way i am and sometimes people come to my social media and they instead of coming in a way of oh well I see your point, but maybe I think a different way. They're kind of like, wait, in a defensive, like, why do you think this is? Like, tell me, why should I think this way? If someone comes in a more passive aggressive and hurtful way, you don't have to answer them. Blocking is an answer. No is an answer. You do not have to engage with those people. I feel like there's a lot of woke people, new people to the woke movement. Think about it. A lot of them came about because of the work of Black and other POC. So if you don't feel like today's the day, like you don't have time that day, you don't feel in the mental space, then do not engage. Protect yourself. You're the most important person at the end of the day. So Take care of yourself first. Yeah, that I mean, an amazing point, Rosa. It really just comes in the line of picking your battles, right? It's not our job to inform people of things that they could find on the internet. So I think there's a certain point where I've given you all the information, I've given you my viewpoint, but if you insist on defending yourself and also being so sensitive to what I'm saying, then right, is it worth it to engage, right? Or is it just worth it to be like, okay, you have your opinions. I That is it. You know, like I, I can't really convince you further unless you're willing to have an actual conversation with me. 
Exactly. You can only defend your humanity so much. And at the end of the day, it kind of starts wearing at you. Because at the end of the day, you think, why does this person think that I do not deserve the same rights as you do, right? So you really feel like you're going into this never-ending conversations. You can always just end it with, these are the reading materials that brought me to this point. Please do the reading. If you do not think so, please point me to the direction of the reading materials that you had that made you come to your conclusion so we can have a more productive conversation. I have put this point so many times and it's very interesting because not once has a person come back to me and tell me, well, this is where I got my material. No, nobody wants to do the reading. People just want to go and fire you and, you know, like, you know, chicken without head. So you don't have to, you know, regurgitate what you already think. If there are sources out there, if there's Angela Davis in this world, then everybody should read, you know? And she exists. So just send them to them. Tell her. Tell them, okay, this is A, Y, and C of information. Read it and get back to me. Rosa, that takes us to our next point, right? Confirmation bias. So that's basically questioning our own assumptions. I think we have a tendency to look for information that supports the way we feel about something. And I know Rosa and I mentioned quite a few times in that uh, media echo chamber when we talked about it a few episodes ago, right? Um, but thinking about what knowledge are we basing our opinions from, right? Are we assuming we are the knowledge holder or do we need to stay humble, right? And then say, okay, I don't know about X, Y, and Z, but I'm willing to learn. And then at the end of the day, when all is said and done, be okay to agree to disagree. Not everybody's come to your camp, right? Not everybody's going to agree with what you said, and that's okay. And be prepared to not see the, that person the same way that you saw them, and that's okay. And maybe you won't want to share the same way that you used to share with this person, and that's okay. Be willing to be open, but at the same time, be okay when you have to retrieve. At the time we live in, it is okay to try to protect yourself. Definitely agree, Rosa. So I guess like we listed everyone these tips, right? I guess what are some personal examples we have in our own lives about how we navigated dialogue, right? And where it worked well and where it didn't. So I have a personal story. Recently, I talked about RBG and how she was amazing, but there were some things, for example, the things that she said about Kaepernick and the Black Lives Matter movement that I didn't like. And that's okay because not everybody's perfect and we all make mistakes. And someone that actually used to be my teacher in high school came at me and she was very uh, defensive and I would even say aggressive about her defending, you know, her white feminism. And I just try to take the high road. I show her a couple of articles where they pretty much talked about more in detail about my position about the way i felt the way she did things how she could have just retired during obama and gotten her seat picked during that time instead of now but at, at the end of the day it's not her fault that like you know at her age she has to you know have all this weight on her shoulders so at the end of the day it's not vilifying anyone we're all human and she she was so condescending in her question I mean, in her answer, she was like, well, I wanted an answer from you because blah, 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 blah. And I wanted to say like, look, lady, I'm from Florida and you didn't even teach me anything. You just gave me a bunch of 
freaking sheets to write. So I am pretty much a product of further education. So if you're telling me right now that I can't write things down, maybe it's because you freaking didn't teach me. And also, I speak multiple languages and you only speak one. So I'm sorry if I'm having trouble explaining, expressing myself in one of the many languages I speak. Sorry, but again, like I said, why feminists are not just, you know the root of all feminism if it does not include black and fuck people then it's not real feminism so i was very like as you can see me as you can hear me right now i was very up in arms about it and i wrote you know we all do with couples in with our boyfriend girlfriend or whoever write a paragraph about like mm, i'm gonna get her mm. and then i read it back to myself and like shout out to my boyfriend because he's a, the nicest person I know. And like I really feel like if it wasn't for him, I even messaged him like I was like, bro, I'm trying to channel you because I'm petty as fuck. So I erased all of that. I even was like, I'm happy that you went to law school because teaching was clearly not your career. But anyway, like I literally said everything. I did literally every single thing that you're not supposed to say. So that's why I said I'm saying this. And then I erased it all. And I was like, I'm really sorry that... This, I didn't answer as you wanted, but as I said, I gave you the reading materials where I came up with my thoughts. If you have any reading materials that you wanted to give me, please give do so. And I'm really sad that this conversation was not more constructed for either of us. And I just ended the conversation. Did she follow up after that? Did she say anything? I feel like she wrote something after that. No, she like she literally didn't. Like I was, that's it. That was it. And honestly, like most of these conversations just leave you empty and i was talking to my other friends like i'm kind of sick of getting kind of like attacked by white feminists because they think like oh my god our love of our lives die and like bro like i am latino like right now like a lot of women who are held in ice facilities are being taken away and pretty much they're they're being put in surgery so they can't have kids anymore and then you keep coming at me and you're like oh my god because of her dying we're not we're not gonna have body autonomy and like there are people in this country that do not have body autonomy and they're immigrants so that's why it's really good to just keep calm because there's a lot of people that say things and they do not come from the same place that you came and they do not see the world the way same way that you did not everybody has your perspective in this world not everybody with the way that you see the world that's why i think like coming in hat is never a good look that's why it's better to just as we said gather your thoughts because at the end of the day people don't don't listen to if you insult them and if you go low with them they don't listen to your points they just remember that you hurt them it's human nature i mean i also want to point out right rosa this conversation you've had with this woman was online right it was through social media so there's also that additional aspect of you're not really talking to each other face to face or even through a video or like a phone call it's all through words exactly and the words can definitely be even misinterpreted and that's that the additional layer of going on live right because for example and i just want to shout out to anya here she's much younger i'm saying everyone that has friends that are younger than them i think that is really good because i mean not that much younger you know let's not be creepy but you know younger for a couple years <laughs> you know it's really good because like it keeps you grounded you know like i was one bushy eye like i was once there and it's really refreshing because they have so many ideas you know and like i really feel that the, the later generations 
should be better than us because that's how we're going to move forward. And Anya is so much better than me. Like in this same conversation that I was having, she called me out about something else. And like, I took it on the side. Like we were like, instead of being on like on my wall, I messaged her and we talked about it on the side and really like, you know, express my point. She expressed hers. And then I was like, well, you have a really good point and I give it to you. And I'm really happy that thank you for calling me out because like, I really learned from this, you know, because at the end of the day, nobody has the truth. So it's really good to come from a place of being humble so you can learn something. So I think that it's very interesting because it's like the tale of two cities, right? The same post, but two different conversations. Thanks, Rosa, for sharing that really personal um, and relevant story. I particularly liked how you mentioned that your younger friend right, gave you a different perspective on how you were perceiving things and how you're engaging in that kind of conversation. I think personally for me, um, two specific examples come up. Um, so one example is in relation to religion, right? Religion is a very, very sensitive topic for a lot of folks. Um, and for our listeners' background, I'm agnostic. Um, so I neither believe nor disbelieve in a, the existence of a God or a um, religious being. And I think for me, sometimes it's hard for me to understand um, the perspectives of individuals or folks who are more religious. Uh, I would say especially for folks that kind of um, are more interested in kind of pushing their ideas to me. And so I, I remember in times when I've engaged in those conversations, whether it's with my peers or my family friends, it becomes more of a way in which they're more kind of judging me in a way. Like, why don't you believe in God? Like, you know, you'll go to hell if you don't actually abide by these principles so it was very i was more um kind of open or seen to these type of environments um i think i remember there's also one conversation that i had with a friend that was more informative um but i think at the end of that conversation and i think it ended up being around one or two hours just thinking and understanding kind of her perspective um i think we agreed to disagree on the topic right i religion is you know there's so many things that come out of it and at the end of the day it's what you believe in and i'm not that person to say no to it or to like argue against it right so in the way it's like i understand and i um agree with your your beliefs because it aligns with your values but it doesn't necessarily mean that i have to abide by them right so i think a civil conversation in terms of those types of sensitive topics, as long as someone is not pushing their ideas on you, I think that is fine to have as a conversation with someone. Um, the second one is more related to the idea of privilege. Um, I've realized that a lot of the peers I am with, you know, most of them, um, quote unquote, are more woke um, and are accepted and more willing to check their privilege by, I think, because... I also have friends that are more in corporate. They're not really exposed to a lot of these like social justice spaces and concepts. So when I do bring up the idea of, you know, you like thinking about ways in which our privilege and um, the ways that we interact with the world and our identity plays into all the benefits we have as individuals living in the U.S., I think that kind of term or the idea is really harder for to get across to them um, because, you know, to be honest, even before I started working in education, the idea of privilege didn't really come up to me as much, to be honest. It didn't really come up in college. It didn't really come up when I was navigating, you know, space in the corporate wor world while I was working in analytics. Um, and it wasn't until 
these concepts were shown to me, you know, in our trainings with schools, in the day-to-day work that I do now, um, that I really hold that into play and hold that into mind. So privilege is just a really interesting thing. Um, I think among my friends, it's kind of different levels of ways they acknowledge or don't acknowledge it. And I think I'm trying to find a way in which, you know, those that don't necessarily acknowledge it or understand why they have to quote unquote check their privilege what is kind of the best way to introduce that topic or to figure out like a way to bring them into the conversation where they understand it right so just knowing that if you're not exposed to an idea how are you supposed to know how to navigate it you can't just be suddenly woke quote quote um, and know how to check all the things that you're contributing to the world or that you're privileged about um so yeah so two specific things again one is religion which is you know quite a sensitive topic and two is the idea of acknowledging your own privilege and how to get that conversation going among my friends yes definitely emily i think that it's really good to have a clear head and be ready for the conversation, right? If you're tired or you already feel stressed, then it's not a good place because you're coming from kind of a more defense mechanism, right? But at the same time, I think it's very important, especially for our friends that are not POC, that are listening to us, that please be mindful of the things that you say because it's really hard to always have to teach when especially for for example i'm gonna say a very um personal example of me coming here to the to france so because of who i am and my parents i have multiple passports so it was easy for me to come to the to come to uh france and migrate here so sometimes i will say things that are kind of annoying per se to my other friends who are not as privileged because they didn't, they will have to get visas and they will have to do all these paperwork so they can stay here and go to other countries. So I would say, oh my God, you have to get a visa to go to London? Like, but why? Like, that's so stupid. And then they will say, well, because, you know, I come from a world-turned country. So, and they will give me all the reasons. And I will say, oh, well, well, that sucks. Well, that didn't really was productive at all, right? So if you're going to add a comment about someone's life and especially their circumstances, that's not going to add to their circumstances, then just don't say not anything at all because it really doesn't help them and it actually makes them feel bad. So just be ma- very mindful of the things that you say, especially when you're coming from a place that you really don't understand people's circumstances. So I think that's really important. Like, for example, as Americans, right? Like, like I just said, like now... We're kind of experiencing a little bit of the taste of what many other people from other countries experience when they can't wear, right? Because of what's going on right now. So to put it in simple words, try to put yourself in other people's shoes once in a while. So what do you think, Emily? Yep, I think it's definitely really important to put yourselves in the other person's shoes. And so I think we want to wrap up the episode by saying that, you know, these are just tips that we have. If y'all have other tips that you found really helpful or if you just want to share with us different stories you've had in engaging in civil conversations, feel free to drop us a message um, either on Instagram or on our emails because um, we love to hear more about, especially in this political climate, what are people saying and how are you saying it to others? All to say, we want to note that shit gets messy, right? So protect yourself, pick your battles. Um, and if anything, you know, you know what you stand for and you know what's right. So if that other person doesn't agree, 
you can either leave it at that or just know that it's just really hard to change someone's values or perspectives, um, especially if they've kind of grown up with that their entire lives. And know that there's a group of people behind you, that there's a community out there that really, really stands behind you. We got your back. And without that note, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.